Well, hello, and welcome to The Insecurity Project. I'm your host, Jamin Fraser, and I am on a mission to end the unnecessary suffering caused by the fear of not being good enough. We've all got it. We've all got to work through it. But thankfully, there is a clear, intelligent, and complete solution to the insecurity problem, and that is what this project is all about. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Hey, folks. Uh, 10 Minute Tuesday time. It's been a couple of weeks break since our last episode, uh, and that's because I've been away with my wife celebrating our 20 year wedding anniversary and both turning 40. We had uh, almost three weeks in Europe, Barcelona, Nice, Monaco, and, and back to Bad Bernac, where we lived as a family for nine months. And it was an exceptional trip. It, it exceeded our expectations, and it was such a wonderful time together. Um, and there were three key things about that trip that we did intentionally that really made it outstanding. And I'd love to share those with you because I think I think they're useful learnings. Um, but just to frame it, how that relates to the Insecurity Project, uh, whenever I get the privilege of, of being invited into someone's world to coach them through insecurity, one of the things we're tracking together to see improvement is the quality of their key relationships because insecurity weakens relationships. Insecurity causes you to show up needy and desperate. It causes you to tolerate bad behavior and it, it creates distance between two people. Now, no one gets married to have distance between them. People get married because out of all the people in the world, they choose that person and they want intimacy. So you're going to have to deal with intimacy in order to get, sorry, you're going to have to deal with insecurity in order to get intimacy. So it's something that we together, Catherine and I, have been working on and we've we've forced each other to work on it. That might sound strange, but there have been numerous conversations over the years where one or the other of us have said, hey, listen, you got to go deal with this stuff because you don't you don't have the right to not deal with this stuff. Yes, it's hard. Yes, I get you don't want to deal with it. Yes, you don't know how to deal with it. But you not dealing with it is directly impacting me and it's making me not like you. And I don't want that. So go deal with this stuff. So we have uh, more than just encouraged each other. There have been times where we've demanded that each other deal with insecurity. And, and I think that's been such a gift to give to each other because... Uh, it, it fits our overall intention of having a beautiful marriage, not just an arrangement. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so thinking about the quality of your relationships and how important they are to you and therefore the need to deal with your own insecurity. So, uh, yeah, some personal sharing from my own relationship and the stuff that we've learned together and, and I think some of the fruit of dealing with insecurity. Um, but there's always there's always more challenges. And so, um, holidays can provide an interesting challenge because you're spending an intense period of time with your spouse and that's different from the normal routine. And so that intense time together can provide some extra stress. I've heard lots of people who've had very stressful times on holidays because of that extra time. So there were three things that we set up to make sure we had a great experience. The first was relationship rules. So uh, we both want to have a great marriage, um, which means we both want the same thing. Uh, which means that that we have expectations of how that's going to be. And it would make sense to be clear about those expectations rather than not know the rules of the game or not share the rules of the game. If we both want the same thing, then we both want each other to win. It makes sense to be clear around the rules of the game so that we can both win. Uh, so uh, we were very clear, um, you know, leading up to the the time away about our relationship rules so one of them just for example one of the, the key, key rules that we established together is that it is very important to be clear about what you want to be very clear about what you want don't don't come to me with problems don't tell me what you don't want and don't just go along with what i want 
be clear about what you want. And so that's very useful when it comes to holidays and travel because it's easy just to get swept up in obligation and oh, you want to do this, I'll tag along and I don't really want to do that. I'd prefer to be doing that, but you, yeah, all right, yeah. And then this nagging happens, this, um, you know, this expectation, obligation, and it just gets annoying. So we went, no, no, let's be clear about what each other wants. Now, interestingly, when two people don't want the same thing, that provides a great opportunity for an adult conversation. You know, conflict's a necessary part of all healthy relationships, and learning to do conflict well uh, comes out of being secure in who you are, that you're okay to have an opinion that's different from each other. That's very, very cool. And then if, you, if you're okay with that, having a different opinion just means you can negotiate so that both people end up getting what they want. So cool, you want to do that then? Great, I'm happy to do that. If you're happy to do this then? No, you don't want to do that? Great, well, how about I do that, then you do that, then we meet up then. Everyone happy? Perfect. So being clear about the rules. Um, so that's just one example. There are a bunch of other rules, but uh, being clear about the rules of the game so each other can win is a key part of doing relationship, intense relationship time together, let alone any relationship time. Uh, the second thing was around the masculine and feminine energy, which both male and female have masculine and feminine energy. Masculine is more, um, you know, more dominant, more leadership, more confidence, um, decisive, aggressive, assertive. Uh, the feminine energy is more supportive, more kind, more receptive. And so neither one are more important or, or better. They're, they're both required at different times. The interesting thing about masculine and feminine energy is if both people show up in the same space at the same time with masculine energy, that's like two bulls butting heads or two rams locking horns. If two people show up at the same time, both with feminine energy, um, then that can create a, a lack of attraction and uh, a bit of an insipid relationship. And so um, we've been clear around who's, who's taking the lead, who's showing up in the masculine space and who's running support. And we do that, you know, in our daily life as well. We have different projects. Both of us have important roles, important dreams. And sometimes that requires one person to take the lead and the other person to run support. It's very useful because, for instance, uh, you know, my wife's been project managing the house. And so uh, she's running lead on that. I'm playing support. So therefore, she's got problems that um, it doesn't make sense for her to dump problems on me because she's running lead. If she was to dump a problem on me, that I'm playing support for, well, I can't actually fix that problem. So it might feel nice for her to share that with me, but she's increased stress for me that I can't actually deal with. So I'm running lead on the business stuff. And so likewise, it wouldn't make sense for me to dump a bunch of business problems on her because she doesn't have the capacity to solve them. So I'm running lead on that. She's running lead on, on her programs and we're both supporting each other to do that. Now, that was an interesting thing to take to holidays because there were certain times where you got to work stuff out. You're in a new country, we want to go to a certain place and there's public transport to negotiate, for instance. So one of the things we decided was to go be clear about who's taking the lead. So because if we're both trying to sort out how to run the public transport, we're both going to notice different things. We're both going to make different decisions. We're both going to understand different parts of the language and we're going to fight with each other about who's right and who's wrong. Uh, we just found it easier to go, right, it's your job you're running lead on this day you're organizing everything i'm supporting so i'm going to trust your judgment i'm going to make your decision uh, back your decisions you're running lead uh, so that that was really useful and provided a, a very fun experience and uh, made sure that we both had turns to do the things that we want and we both felt like we were able to make key decisions not have to make perfect decisions but we had each other's back um, the, the third thing was around money now if you've ever traveled before, traveling is expensive, especially when you're in Europe. 
uh, and especially even more so when you trade Australian dollars for euro. So and there's a lot of money going back and back and forth. We're well, not so much back, just forth. Um, so a book that I found particularly useful is Happy Money by Ken Honda. And he talks about the fact that if you're to encounter a dollar on the sidewalk uh, and pick it up, uh, you know, the question is what happens next? Now, you might think everyone's reaction would be the same, but he says, well, there's at least 15 different options as to what happens next. Do you feel guilty about it? Do you feel happy about it? Do you feel like God is blessing you? Do you feel like it's just luck? Um, should you go find the owner? Do you need to give it to a policeman? Should you give it away? Um, you know, what happens? And so, interestingly, that dollar isn't a dollar um, as though it was some construct uh, some concrete reality outside of you the moment it encounters you and you encounter it it becomes an extension of you the moment it touches your hand or even enters your world well it becomes part of you so your relationship with that money determines what happens next which is cool because it means you can change your relationship with money uh, so the book kind of says lots of people have a very unhappy relationship with money but uh, it's your relationship and you're the one who set it up so you can change that relationship so it becomes a happy relationship with money there was lots of cool tips from the book but the one that we applied to our holiday was uh, being grateful when money comes in and grateful when money goes out. So being a Japanese man, arigato is the Japanese for thank you. So arigato when money comes in, arigato when money goes out. Now, I've always said thank you when money comes in. I've always been grateful when money comes in, but I've resented money going out. And so there's a lot of money going out when you travel. And so it can feel like, oh my goodness, this is stressful, lots of money, lots of cost. Um, the, the shift of being thankful when money went out was profound on my experience of joy and gratitude in the holiday because there's lots of there's money come in. You know, we've been, we're in a great space financially, so we can afford this holiday. We've saved for it, we've planned for it. Great, so there's money there. Every time I exchange money went out, I said thank you. Thank you, money, that I got to swap you for that ice cream. Thanks, money, I got to swap you for that plane flight, that I got to swap you for that bike ride, that I got to swap you for that delicious meal, that I got to swap you for that hotel room. Wow, isn't it incredible that I got to swap money for that? Wow, thanks so much. And it just creates this happy relationship with money, that money's always been there for me, uh, money is optimizing my experience of life, and money comes in and money goes out, and I'm grateful for both. So uh, that added to the whole joy of travel and dialed down the stress. And I think all three things dialed down the stress. So when you dial down the stress and you set up the space to enjoy, that only leaves intimacy left. So we did have an incredible experience of intimacy and felt very close and, and very blessed to be able to spend that, that great time together celebrating uh, a, a very important milestone in our lives. So I hope that's useful. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to apply that in your everyday life, let alone on holidays. But if you're off for a trip, uh, maybe those three things could be useful to implement before you get on the plane. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. I hope you found the content and conversations useful. And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out theinsecurityproject.com.